0: to Before You Tank, thriving in an industry that sucks. We say it sucks because 98% will fail. Our mission is to make sure you don't. Hi everybody, welcome back. We're here at Before You Tank. You know we're here to help you strive in an industry that we think sucks. Um, And again, you guys, we clarified that in a positive way. We're saying that because it's a 2% success rate. So we are really excited today because we have a guest. Um, you guys, I want to introduce you to Katie. Um, Katie has founded the Inventors Club for Women. Um, she's actually been doing, gosh, inventor work for what, 10 years? Yep. But this is the coolest part, you guys. She sleeps with a patent attorney. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys, we brought her on because thank you to you, everybody who's been starting to ask questions. We are so grateful. And so we found um, Constance, who's out there in the world, who has a very, very cool product and she wrote in about patents. And so we wanted to bring you a real expert. But Keith, you have some background.
1: Yeah. Actually, I'm super excited about today's conversation. I have to tell you, because my background really comes from more of the corporate setting, right? Big companies, lots of money, lots of funding for patents. It's a whole part of their strategy. But that's completely different than what we're talking about today. So I'd love to hear as you get into it, things about, hey, how is it different for, you know, startups and ventures and what are things that they should be thinking about versus these big corporations with seemingly unlimited funds?
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. really unlimited funds. Keith, you have a very fascinating background. There is no <laughs> doubt about it. Hey, um, Juan, I think you're going to be such a great asset for us today, too, because we know we've talked about this before, but it is so important that what you product develop matches what you patent. So it, please, we, we are going to give you guys as much information as we possibly, possibly can. So I am going to start and just jump into it with the questions that we were asked. Um, the first question that she asked is, when do
2: I get a patent? Great question. So anytime you decide to pursue an idea, when I say that, I mean, you come up with an idea, you, you just can't shake it, you want to create a product. Um, really, you want to start to think about filing a provisional patent. And with a provisional patent, that gives you one year to go ahead and shop it around, um, talk to your engineer, get a prototype made um, until you really need to move forward then with the utility patent. And you also want to make sure that it's written in such a way that any other companies that come through within that year, because there are a lot of bigger fish in the sea, that may have something similar. If your your provisional patent is written well enough, similar to utility, you're going to be covered.
0: Okay, so you guys, I want to explain that just a little bit, a little more simplified because um, if you're really new at this, uh, and I'm kind of a layman, but I've been doing it for 30 years. So we're going to let Katie clarify if I'm wrong, yeah. but I just want to break it down because there, when she talks about a provisional patent, you guys, there's really three types of patents. There's what we call a design patent, a utility patent, and a provisional patent. Correct. Um, a design patent, just so that you understand, I don't like it. <laughs> it's really hard to sell in the market, but it's really common in your cell phone. So a lot of companies like Apple wanted to make it chic and sexy, so they did it on design. But it's really got very little value. Correct. I think you said to me the same thing. You're yes. Like and it's amount. also the least
2: expensive
0: to get. Right. And uh, I think I've had attorneys like add it for 500 bucks or 1500 bucks. Right. Um, so so I, I say that because there is a place sometimes where a design patent works. But what we're talking about in life is a utility patent. You guys, the utility patent, it's,
2: tell them, give a definition of what that is. Right. So a utility patent really is something that's going to cover all aspects of the invention. Um, The product could potentially be invented six, seven different ways. And if you have a patent attorney who's been doing this for a long time, they're basically going to co-invent the product with you so that when you do go to license it, if that's something you decide you want to do, the company will say, "Okay, now I can recreate this product X, Y, Z, different types of ways, um, and you know that the patent's going to cover it. Now, this is much more costly. It is around $10,000 to do a utility patent to file that and to get it going. That also includes the USPTO the US fees. So yeah. going at it with a provisional right out the door is really the most cost-effective. That is our for, favorite. It is, the, right. it is the most favorite, um, and it's the most cost-effective for independent inventors. So that way, when you are going to secure funding within that one year, um, you know... Wait, wait, let me just interrupt you yeah, for one absolutely. second. Yeah, absolutely. You guys, uh, when she's saying that about one year, a provisional
0: patent is where you file your ideal, um, it kind of describes everything you have, it, it, and it marks you in place, but you don't put the claims. The claims are the piece that turns it into a utility correct. patent. Correct, correct. And so what she's saying is, is that... It's $2,000 for a provisional, but it gives you one whole year to to do product development, to get it all in place, to get marketing research, to do whatever you do. Then you pay the balance and you file the utility. And the reason we all love that is because we know how risky our business is. 2% stats, right? But so because of that, she's saying it's a brilliant way to go. But you guys, you want to partner with a really great attorney because you want him to set you up for success when you get the utility piece in place, right? right? And that's really, really Co- co-invent it,
2: right? Um, yes. And I see a
1: lot of I see a lot of inventors and startups that they get uh, very concerned about disclosure, right? Hey, I don't want to disclose this. You know, I don't want to tell anybody uh-huh. because of the timeframes and first file all these things. And right. there's been a lot of changes. I think people get a little bit confused around that. So maybe how does the provisional help with some of that?
2: So that's a great question too. Um, if it is written in such a way that is similar to utility patent, again, it will cover a lot of that. Um, and if you have a patent attorney, you can also see it as a patent agent. However, you really want to look at their background and make sure that they can handle your technology. Um, and
0: Well, so the provisional will allow you time to go ahead Yes, <laughs> you guys were Yes, <laughs> Yes. You guys, it's a lot of information, so we totally get it. So. Um, <laughs> So go ahead. That's why we like the provisional. So what what Katie is saying is that, and you guys, I have probably told a lot of my clients in the past that if money is an issue, you guys can file for yourself. And so you guys, it's a $65 filing fee to file a provisional. And to be honest, you really only have to have certain information in place because it's a placeholder. It's not really being evaluated So until the end when you add your claims. But as Katie has said several times really, really well, is that the value of your patent is what we sell. It's what gives you all of your value. And if you're co-inventing with your patent attorney, who's getting really, really great coverage, he can tell you in advance, like, look, this is gonna be fabulous. And when he's filing for the first time, he's not just going, this is my name, this is my drawing, thank you for holding the spot for me. <laughs> he's gonna make it so that, like she said, which I didn't know this before, if somebody came along the way, yeah. mine might be too crappy to really get something Absolutely. Good. Now, I have a surprise. Her husband made this really awesome, downloadable book on how to do your own. Oh,
1: wow.
0: And he, you guys, when I say he's brilliant, he's really brilliant. So
2: tell us, like, I
0: think you have another download, too, that's really helpful. Yes, I do.
2: Um, And I just want to back up real, very quickly and just uh, stress that patent attorneys in general have to have a science background. So my husband, in particular, has a physics background. He handles electrical engineering stuff, but he also handles consumer products and a lot of those things. Um, And then there are people that handle chemical sides of things. So looking at the background according to your product is is also very helpful. Um, So yeah, but as far as the downloads, so we have a free download on our website, Inventors Club for Women, that talks about um, angel investors and the importance of having intellectual property if you're trying to secure funding. So please go on to Inventors Club for Women and click on our free download, and um, I'd be happy to share that with you. That is so cool. Yeah, that's so great. I mean,
1: especially thinking about that, right? You've got the background as a patent attorney. Now you've got this download from that perspective. I love those things. We do that all the time for people that come and they're like, hey, I just need to get started. I'm not ready yet to start working with somebody. But you want them to get started off on the right foot. Right. right? You don't want them to get all the way down this path or start working... You know in the wrong direction of some kind so that's right. really no and incredible. she's this,
0: she's done such a great job with that inventors club um juan the uh, for you when you look at a product right mm-hmm. you're going to look at the product because you've asked me for the patent before yeah so you look at the product and you look at the patent and then you design correct
3: yes because i've seen a lot of times that people create the pattern. i think we touched touch base that in previous previous episodes but they create patent with some information but they Mind is different. So when they go to product development, they said, I want to do that. And I think that's why I asked them, okay, if you have something release document, show that to me, because I want to make sure that what I'm designing, it meets with that particular specification, I can design more, but then you have to work with your attorney to add those information over there. And that takes me to another really interesting question, actually, that's for me, and I am keep seeing that many times. People file pattern, and then they, when I'm working with them, if I'm working with some supplier, they want them to sign NDAs. So yes, if it's a, So my question is, what's the difference? Like, do they need to sign NDAs, even if it's public documents or how that no. works?
2: So that's a really great question. They do not need to sign an NDA. If they have something on file at the USPTO, the United mm-hmm. States Thank Patent Trademark, Trademark Office, they do not need to sign an NDA. And there's a whole other conversation around NDAs mm-hmm. that most inventors and innovators Um, And even service providers are unaware of, unless the NDA has been written specifically, from a legal perspective, unless the NDA has been written specifically to that innovator and that product, it's really worthless in a court of law. So I've had other service providers say, oh, I'm going to give an NDA to this innovator, and it's worthless. It means absolutely nothing. Specifically because Juan, if you're going to give, and I'm not saying that you've ever given an NDA to anyone, but just as an example, if, if you ever gave someone an NDA, it would be pointless because the whole reason that they're signing the NDA is to keep you from reproducing their product. So absolutely. Which All of that is public knowledge. Right. So I've heard countless We've countless professionals. I've had a right. till till right. and day. I've had countless professionals say, um, Oh, you can just print out an NDA online. And it's, you know, in, in some respects, that might be OK, especially if you really trust the person and you don't want to have to have something recreated, like recreating the wheel. However, typically, it's around $500 to have an attorney draft an NDA specific to that innovator. Um, and okay, really, so let me ask this question then so I understand. So what
0: you're saying is, if we file a provisional, which is I, in my opinion, was the reason we got protection. So right. file the provisional. It gives us time to get with you, mm-hmm. get it made exactly the way I want before I file the utility, but
1: it
2: gives me all the confidence that I can share my story, correct? Then I don't need an NDA. You really if- don't specifically. However, there are certain cases, and if Todd were here with it, you would say, there are certain cases during that one year of time of the provisional that certain innovators may want to file an NDA just okay. as a sort of a backup. And I understand that that's fine because it has not, um, you know, reached fruition, right? The patent hasn't been accepted. We but haven't that, gotten okay. our filing date necessarily.
3: But that, being, that NDA is gonna be that product specific. It's it not has to be. It right, right, right. Well, that's good to general. know
0: that. That's good to know. And we need to bring Todd on. Yeah, a lot of people can, are really unaware done. of
2: that. I mean, ah. you know, it's unbelievable the amount that. of countless professionals, right? So, and we do have an NDA that, um, you know, people can fill in, but we have a disclaimer on the NDA that says this may not hold up in a court of law. law." It's almost like a handshake, right? Handshake type NDA. Um, And and I think that's something that really needs to be said. But once the the patent has been Mm -hmm. accepted and approved, you absolutely don't. Because sure. it's public knowledge. That's the thing that I keep saying. It's for,
0: ridiculous. That, okay. Right. Okay. So that's good to know. Yeah, because
3: I keep hearing uh, that thing keep coming back from the inventor. They said, okay, I uh, have this patent release. This is my document number. But let's before I work with you, right. I want you to sign NDAs. And I'm like... You just showed me. It's it. there. Correct. It's, I can go to the Google and I can find your exactly. information. Exactly. It I makes no you. sense. Right. Okay. Right. That's okay. That, that's a really good information. That's,
0: that's really good, you guys. That is really a great... I've always wondered that. Um... All right. So this other question that Constance asked: How long do they last? Um, how a provisional patent we know lasts for a, a year pass, that converts to lasts a utility. One year.
2: Utility p- lasts around twenty years. So yeah, yes, that's but what there are them. fees that come up. So just to that. add on to that, if you decide to switch patent attorneys or if you have a patent that you know, you're pursuing and you're pursuing a company or a business with, you really need to make sure that that patent attorney stays on top of the fees that are going to come up every uh, X amount of years. I don't know the number offhand, but um, oh. you need to make sure, or your patent will go to the wayside and then you'll have a serious problem. And in some cases you might have to start from scratch. So really good attorneys, are going to make sure that they stay on top of those fees Um, but you just need to make sure that that is the case yeah that goes back
1: to a theme we've been talking about right and kind of qualifying the people you're working with and asking them good questions right because even from the starting out point it's like okay we've got a provisional patent Having just the confidence to be able to say, "Do I need an NDA to disclose X, Y, Z to my product developer?" Right, and then you know, knowing that that attorney has got your back when it comes to fees, because like, who's going to be thinking about maintenance? And, and we don't patents, have fees. Right? We're like, lucky we've
0: got the filings. Right. Yeah, on we're the like, first. Oh, exactly.
1: You know, right, right. There is line. a
2: lot that goes into it yeah. for sure. Well,
0: and and on that, because we did we we. In other podcasts, we were talking about really simple ways that you could ask questions to like your product developer that would identify for you if they really get it. So I would think for me, for a patent attorney, and I don't want to go down this path too far, you guys, but for me, it's about your claims. And so, you guys, when when your patent, that's what you're paying for. Is that's what you're saying? That Mm -hmm. science background, the guy who's co-inventing, because what you claim your product can do is what makes it so valuable and what makes it um um what why somebody wants it. Um, so you guys, I learned it as a specific and a broad claim. So a specific claim is it's whatever this is, four inches by two inches and whatever. Um, I, you guys, you know, I tell about my claim to fame, my pantyhose pack deal where I got 4.1 million down and $31 million deal and 7-Eleven wanted to carry the product. And so they reached out to my attorney. Now this is back where you couldn't just pull anything out. And they asked if they could scrutinize the patent which later I realized they just wanna go around us. So they. my attorney said, sure, give us 25 grand, you get three weeks and you can take a look at it. And sure enough, he said, Leanne, the reason why it was so good is because the broad claim said this, if you take a cigarette pack and you shove the anti-hose in with a pencil, you're infringing. If you compress hose in any way, you're infringing. I mean, you guys, that was huge, it was incredible. Our drivetrain was if you use an ignition to turn it on, then you've been friends i mean this is awesome claims so i i know that that's probably the claim part you guys is probably something we really want to talk to todd about yes but don't you agree that if we were going to ask a question to get a really good qualifiable question it is please explain to me claims absolutely because there should be both types and there should be as many as possible and i've had plenty of attorneys my inventors come back and say my attorney didn't know how what I was talking about when I asked about claims. And I'm like, oh my God, that's like buying a house without a roof. Right. And
1: it's interesting, because you don't even need to wait until you're doing utility patent to have that conversation with them, right? Because exactly. you, you know that that's where you're going, even if you're filing a provisional, right? Mm-hmm.
0: And, and, and you know what, I think what you're saying is so great, because what I try to get my clients to do is, I want you to get a provisional, but like we talked about, we like to do three things together. We prototype, we do a provisional, and we market research. And so what I really like to have you do is before we file a provisional, I want you to know from your attorney what he feels confident his claims are going to be. Because you guys may think you have something, but your attorney's going to go, are you freaking kidding me? This has like been done a thousand times. There's no way to protect it. And that's it. why, right? And but, that's
2: why it's so important to have someone that that is knowledgeable that's been doing it for a long time. Um Todd is a unique case because he's a former patent examiner at the USP which is why it's, I think it's easy for lot. him to explain and all of these okay. things. But it's very similar to, you know, people saying, oh my goodness, it's so easy, I can just write the patent myself. Yes, um, but it's also very specific to the science background. It's sort of like having a doctor do your surgery as opposed to a non-doctor do your <laughs> surgery. You know? Right. I know that's an extreme example, um, but they really do need to know how to write the claim specifically, I how to reinvent that product 10 times over in ways that you never thought of. Um, that they're going to figure it out. That's all right, so you funny.
1: Guys, That's so funny because in my world, right, it's engineers, right? Oh, you're an engineer. You're like, well, yes, but there's software and all <laughs> oh, <I'm yeah>. that. <laughs> right, exactly. right, right,
0: So I, 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 I don't know how close we are getting on time, but there is something that I definitely wanted to hit on, and I get this all the time. Um, search there is a way that we search you guys and we've talked about it you can go on google patent searches or you can go on the u.s patent office and search but then there's a professional search and you pay your attorney to search and the reason why you guys that search is so important um, it's for two things one is when you search the last thing you want to do is spend all this money and time patent a product make it and then find out you literally made somebody else's already existing patented product Mm -hmm. so you're infringing and you guys, I've had that. I've had somebody sh- give, come to me with their patent, their product. I send it out to a buyer and they send back an exact product that's on the market, it looks just like it. So that's one, right? We wanna we wanna search for that. And then the other, you wanna search to see if you really have something. And I was taught that you download this prior art. So whatever you find, they call it prior art. So if you're doing, I did a shoelace idea. I had this really cute wow. idea for my daughter, which found out 75 other people had this same. Ideal, (laughs) Nobody took it to market. But so when I'm looking up, I pull things that are really close to mine so that you're when you do talk to an attorney, and he usually does vice versa. But you guys are discussing okay, this is what we've already done. But you could still do it. And maybe you use a technology that makes Mm -hmm. it better or easier, correct. And then you still have something. And I
2: think that that that's yes. And I think that's really valid. And, um, you know, we typically, if if people are working on a budget, everybody's bootstrapping, right? Yeah. So we don't necessarily recommend a paid search if you're an independent inventor. Um, it's about fifteen hundred dollars for to do the search and then write the opinion, and that's a lot. That is a lot. Um, and you can do a it's a lot. Too. So exactly. So that's, that's really, and if you have an experienced patent attorney, then you don't necessarily need it. If you are an independent inventor, and if you've done all the things that you just said if you've so, searched it you've looked correct yeah, exactly correct um typically people do pay for searches if it's a company if it's a big company that's going up against another company to do the search but yes if it's an independent innovator we don't necessarily recommend. Yeah,
1: that. there was definitely even a step in corporate where the inventor was had to go and do a search, and we had to check. What we should do. We should make a quick checklist of here's some things to search, and here's how to search for yep. folks who don't want to pay for professional and just right. need to get some knowledge because
2: yeah, I think we find, should do that. Yeah, you can find a lot. You can yeah. find a lot
1: if you search Google, if you search USPTO, if you search um, if you search for products. I was right? just they, gonna. They that's exactly what I'd recommend. Yeah, use. and then yes. check all the terms that someone else might use to describe your product right because how many times exactly. have you seen a product come through and it's like oh, oh and i
0: do that i yeah. do that and then you realize and you like, find it later because no, you thought of another way to something say
1: different right,
0: so, yeah. right. no it's and so you know true. what let's do that let's get you guys so that we can give you we'll, we'll put it on inventors um, yeah. club for women Absolutely. we'll come up with something and so mm-hmm. people can go there and you can download the best way to search that That'd be awesome. um i have one other topic and i think it will answer some of the questions that she asked um Um, And it's two part. One is you guys, she asked if you can talk to friends and family about your ideal. Now, years ago, it used to be um, if you spoke about your product, somebody else could take and run with it. It's first to file, correct? And now, I'm sorry, it wasn't first to file. It was first to invent. And so I used to hear all these crazy stories where you're going to mail it to yourself and you're going to do all that. And so if you were sitting down at Thanksgiving dinner and somebody actually got up and took your ideal, if you haven't filed and you you would have to really fight that you were the first one to invent it. Now it's just plain first to file, correct? So it's like we could all sit in a room and have a great idea. I could go ahead and call my attorney really fast and say, Todd, don't speak to your wife because you're going to do it for me. And then we're (laughs) going to go ahead and file. So, yes, you can talk to your family if you want. And you're going to because you're going to borrow money from them. And you're going to explain to them (laughs) why why you're in this. So, yes, you can. But, like, don't share it with everybody, obviously. We still want to protect your technology. So that was the first thing that I wanted to hit on. And then um, what was her other question here? Um, We talked. She wanted to know about finding a good attorney. And we just gave you some really good advice. You said something that it's just really – I've worked with Everett Dieterich, you guys. He's been around for 31 years with me. And he's retiring and he works with big corporations. So he's, Todd fits a really great way for me to have somebody who comes exact same background, but they both came from the examiner's office. So they get it better than anybody else. It's like getting a mortgage with somebody who's done mortgage brokering for 22 years versus the girl who just started out they know what's going to work they know what's going to fly so i think that's what's really cool when you're looking for an examiner
2: um but then we said qualifying you questions a patent attorney. Yes. I mean, patent attorney. yes i'm sorry well and i think that it um we discovered that it was really helpful to work in this space after hearing from so many different clients independent inventors working with todd that they had never understood the process before they started working with him. He was able to explain it. He was able to explain every step, whereas they had worked with other, you know, companies or other attorneys and just had no idea what they were paying for. Um, And really having Todd explain it from start to finish because of his, you know, former time at the USPTO as an examiner Mm -hmm. um, has just made all the difference. And that's really, it's really the reason why I am doing what I'm doing with Inventors Club for Women. That is, so cool.
0: awesome. that is so cool. That is so cool. All right. One last thing I want to touch on really quick, and then we're going to wrap up.
3: Um, I have no question
0: question. Oh, please. Go ask your question so first. I have one question, Dalton.
3: actually. I know you're talking about the patent, but it's all U.S. best. Correct. So now I'm talking, when you're doing the provisional patent, does it, we have, there's a difference between the U.S. and yes. international. Yes. So we have, they have to be considered, because I'm seeing that a lot of people get confused with that. Absolutely. Even sometimes I use get confused, like how that works. So. When people release the provisional patents, shall they also do the international at the same time if they think that's what they're going yeah, to
2: do? Absolutely. I mean, if that's something they, they if, especially if they're going to immediately manufacture overseas, mm-hmm. then they should really file the PCT application and that would give them the option to nationalize. Okay, so let
0: me just clarify because I want to make sure I sure. get this for everybody. You still file your provisional first to give you a year. So that way everybody can develop, everybody yes. can test, everybody can do. Yes. Then when you convert it to a utility, right, you're going to pay for the claims and add all that on so you get real protection. Right. And then you've got a year to go international, correct?
2: Correct. Um, you could do
0: both in the beginning, utility? You, you
2: can actually do both. Okay. Um, you can actually do both from the time of filing the provisional, I believe. Okay. Yes, and I, I have to double check on that, so don't quote me on that. Okay. But I'm almost positive. Okay, and yes. I only
0: say that because we try to work on a low risk strategy. Correct. And so if we can go through right. all the provisional and know what we built and we're really solid yeah. and we're really happy, then that would when be you the utility, Okay. Then when yeah. you follow your utility, you can discuss. But you do have up to a year to go international. Mm-hmm. So it still gives you guys a little more time. So don't panic that you have to have ten thousand plus to go international all at once, we can piece this out for you. Right. And then I just want to finish on one last note. You guys, there's something when she was talking about filing fees that are really important. Um, what happens is that you have the life of the 20 year patent or you stop paying your product, your patent becomes inactive. And once your patent, product, your patent becomes inactive, it's free to everyone. And so you did all that and did all the work, spent all the money and did everything and you lost the asset you have. So it's, equivalent to like you said with real estate when you and i talked before if you don't pay your taxes on your house three years somebody can come take your house based on your tax paying the tax so so this asset is gone Mm -hmm. and so i only stress that because i probably have never really talked to somebody for before about those fees but they're really important and i forgot to make sure that we really do
2: that and there are there are certain you know instances where it happens where the, the inventor does not have communication with their attorney if they're working with an invent company or something along those lines. And, and in many respects they're actually going to get a um, they're gonna get the design patent because it's cheaper for that company to get them the design patent than they would the utility patent. But the basis for me saying that is just that there's never any communication between the patent attorney and the client. So Sometimes the, these those are the horror stories. Well, that's that we those are the okay. horror stories. And I only bring it up because you should always, always know who your patent attorney is. I mean, if you are working with one of these companies, sometimes they close up shop. You think you have a patent on file. The invent company may close up shop and then you have absolutely no idea. So really at the the end of the, at the end of the day, this is your product. This is your intellectual property. Don't ever let anyone else take control of it. Nice. No, Good, advice. Awesome. Good advice. Good advice.
0: All right, you guys, we as we always do, we're going to end with the tip of the day. Give us a great tip.
1: Yeah. So I think for me, I want to go back to something, the tip you really touched on really important earlier, right? It's really knowing, you know, is this intellectual property public knowledge now? Or is it still trade secret? Do I still have to be careful with it? So really understanding what you have ideally you're working with an attorney to understand what you can disclose or not but there are definitely times where you're going to want to be able to talk about it if you're marketing it if you're talking to your product developer right so
3: i would say know what you have and know what you can disclose perfect yeah, i right. think I'll, I'll go with that one is like when you work with you especially working with the product developer right make sure you give give them the give them all the information you have if you have a patent give him and make sure he's working with that information otherwise he's going to invent something that not going to meet the requirement or specification you have created so that's yes. that the is there
2: so huge. and there really should be a relationship between the engineer and the ip attorney it does yeah. there really should be because that conversation needs to be open at all times agree that's and you guys that that truly increases success so I, I totally agree with that my tip
0: is that um understand understand what you're doing get to know what your claims are going to be but i love the provisional I just I think it's a a very simple stepping stone. It's an inexpensive way. I don't have a problem with you doing it yourself. If you're still knowing, I like that you have a relationship with the guy who's going to be there because you could call her husband, Todd, and you can tell him, look, I'm bootstrapping. I need some help. Will you help me guide me? And he'll let you buy a $2,000 patent, and then he'll make sure that your quality is amazing. So I say utilize your my tip is utilize a provisional patent to give yourself some time because Products, you start and you go, oh, my God, it's been a year. Yeah. Or people go, oh, my God, it's been eight years. So that's my advice. That's my tip. And your tip for the yeah. day, Give us some. My Mom.
2: tip would be if you're looking for funding, which almost everyone is, if they're moving forward, um, you know, past licensing or not doing licensing, is to absolutely get intellectual property uh, because otherwise you just won't get the funding. I've seen it happen. I've seen, oh, yeah. um, I've, I've seen it happen. I sat through Angel, you know, pitch. All sorts of events like that, and the guy who literally made a million dollars for the year had no intellectual property, and that was the only guy that didn't get funding.
0: Wow! And he even made income. Yeah, he made a million dollars in income, Mm -hmm. but he didn't have an asset. He said he couldn't find a way.
2: He said he couldn't find a way to get the patent. So if your attorney says there's no way, call Todd. Go to somebody else. (laughs) <laughs> and club um, for yeah and trademarks are also a thing i know we'll save that for another conversation but if you are moving forward with a product you really need to consider, with the company, rather, you really need to consider a trademark as well. And it's an asset, but we will hit it on another set. Yep, yep.
0: Yep. Guys, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Katie, so much. You are so freaking talented. And we should bring you and Todd back if you'll do that with us. And I promise everyone when we figure out technology and we can do it, we'd love to take calls and we'll be able to do more interviews and things like that. So thanks again, you guys, and please... Give us those positive stories. We are looking for, like, your tip last week really helped and I saved money. Or whatever you can give us, give us some really, really positive feedback. Thanks for coming. Bye, guys. We'll see you guys next
1: week.
3: Yay!